Hello and welcome to today's podcast. Today we have Phil McMullen of Epson UK with us to discuss digital textile printing, which is a sector that is forecast for accelerated growth as our industry flexes and retools to meet market demands. In May 2020, Allied Market Research predicted that the global digital textile printing market, which was valued at $2.2 billion in 2019, was projected to reach $8.8 billion by 2027, quadrupling in size and growing at a CAGR of 19.1% between 2020 and 2027. So let's take a deep dive into digital textiles with Phil McMullen of Epson. Welcome and thank you for joining us today. Phil. Thanks, Debbie. It's great to be here. Thanks for the invitation. More than welcome. Lovely to have you. Phil, could you share a short summary of your career path and your role at Epson UK, please? Yeah, certainly. I can share a very short summary of my very long career. Uh, I've been involved in the pro graphics industry in one shape or another since the since the 80s, a significant amount of time in the sign and display area, a bit of time with Kodak and, and Xerox, and uh, involved in inkjet printing from uh, the late 90s. So a lot of experience in, in that direction. Recently, I've been with Epson, just come up to uh, amazingly eight years with the business. And uh, at Epson uh, UK, I look after the pro graphic side of the business, which, which covers all manner of ills from uh, photo proofing, labels, signage, uh, CAD, to name a few, but also critically in terms of growth and the subject for conversation today, the textile side of our business, which incorporates technology from dye sublimation, uh, DTG, direct garment, and uh, direct fabric now as well in, in, the, uh, in the guise of the Mona Lisa products. It's amazing, isn't it? There's so much growth, it's predicted, it's fantastic. Um, Phil, what excites you most about the textile industry? Well, that exciting is the word, isn't it? It's, uh, it's, it's all changing and from, from our side of the fence, from you know, our perception is that the, the changes are really due to the advance of digital. Digital technology is the, is the catalyst. If we look at the Como area, for instance, in Italy, which is the, uh, where our textile center of excellence is, uh, is well established, then you know, you're looking at something like 85% plus of textile production is digital already in that Como area. But if you look at the, the rest of the world, you know, we're talking well below 10%. So you know, the way forward is digital. And, and uh, you know, at Epson, we're, we believe we're at the forefront of that. And digital is the way forward because of the flexibility that it, that it gives uh, manufacturers, producers, for instance, you know, resizing is so much, so much easier. The color range is, is fantastic. You don't have any, any mate readies. You've got easy control of uh, order through to delivery. You can, you can really offer bespoke production. And, you know, the big driver in, in, in a lot of the graphics industry of personalization, customization, you know, that is also at your fingertips with, with digital. So, so that's, that's really where the excitement is. That's really where the, the changes are occurring, you know, change, change is exciting. People, some people see it as daunting, but change is exciting. And, you know, if you, if you add in the 
desire for local production, uh, which we, you know, we'll talk about a little bit more as we go forward, then digital again is the is the enabler for for, for local uh, production in in our uh, in our experience. So, if you look back at where we we've been, we you know we've been working with uh, Robustelli and uh, Fortex in Italy for about 16 years now. You know that part that Epson partnership is well established, and they're now part of the family. You know they joined the Epson family uh, a few few years back, and it it really is the uh, you know the Japanese way to sit back, watch the market learn from you know what's happening talk to people find out what people want for the future and then develop the the, the products that are going to satisfy the market and and really take take things forward and that's really where we are now we're at the cusp of that that uh, new generation of products and um, you know you've got you've got a latest generation of Mona Lisa's for instance if we're talking about director fabric offering that integration of the head technology the ink chemistry critically that's come from the the Fortex um, inheritance and you know the hardware and, and, and the firmware combined with the support. So, so that's that's really where we sit in, in in terms of going and why why it is exciting to be in the textile business right now. It certainly is. What are the challenges, Phil, that are affecting the fashion and the sportswear markets currently? Well, yeah, there are a lot of challenges, aren't there? And uh, they're coming from. Lots of different areas, in, in our opinion. Supply chain is one very obvious one, and, and that gets a lot of press at the moment with the whole uh, challenges around the Suez Canal. Uh, uh, situations developed because of the COVID pandemic. So supply chain and, and getting getting product from the Far East or even the Middle East into Europe, into the UK specifically, is is part of that that challenge. We all know that the uh, you know the industry is, has, has not been particularly good uh, as far as its environmental credentials over the last uh, a decade or so, and, and and that is providing challenges to the industry as well. Whether that's government legislation which is being brought in to improve the uh, or minimise the environmental impact of the industry, or, or whether it's uh, demands from customers and brands to to improve that, it's still providing the that challenge to change to the industry producers and providers. The other area that is that is challenging is, is or, or providing a challenge is the you know customer demand. We're looking at personalization and customization of everything, really driving the uh, the, the the need to to change. And that's not just in the textile industry. As a as a manufacturer in lots of different areas that I talked about earlier, we're seeing that really across the board and the covid pandemic has has really accelerated that it was already quite a strong trend before covid kicked in but we've seen that accelerate hugely and it's key to to customers that's what customers want they want a personalized product uh, they want it they want it customized to to their requirement and manufacturers producers of textile product have to respond to changing styles changing fashions in the uh, in, you know in, in in the consumer space, but also you know we talk about the environment and state, sustainable materials coming in. You know, materials like bamboo and tensile are starting to become very popular. People can see the environmental credentials that they they offer, and and they have to be incorporated into the into the production world uh, also. The other the other point that uh, kind of links 
supply chain and environment together is the desire for everybody to carry less stock. You know, people don't want to be stuck with stock that they might have to dispose of in some way. You know, we, we hear stories about some brands burning their stock, some of them, you know, shipping it to uh, third world countries to, to, to get rid of. All of that is no longer acceptable to do. We don't want waste. Everybody needs to, to, to minimize what they're using and, and critically what they're wasting. So, again, that, that challenge is there, but there are ways to meet that challenge. And, you know, again, we believe digital technology is the, is the way to do that. Couple that with the fact that, you know, a lot of older factories, uh, textile factories out there, um, you know, the modern uh, factories, people don't want to be investing in, in very expensive large equipment like steamers and stenters uh, if they can av avoid that. They don't want to go down that route. So it's the challenge to, to, to get the technology right, get the investment right, and then, uh, and then be able to address those, uh, the, those challenges that are coming our way will continue to come our way in supply chain environment and uh, customer demand in personalization and customization. Yeah, it's the customer that's driving the agenda here, isn't it? Most definitely. How, Phil, how fast is on-demand production accelerating in your opinion? Well, uh, that's a really great question. I mean, the savvy producers are accelerating print on demand very, very rapidly. And we're seeing a huge take up in, in, in demand, you know, for instance, from a Epson UK point of view, 2020 saw us double, uh, saw the demand double on our textile printers from from uh, 2019. So, you know, that was d driven by all the all the factors I just mentioned earlier. And um, you know, print on demand, this is those environmental pressures as well that are that are kicking in. I heard a comment recently. I can't remember where it came from, but but the the savvy producers are they print what they've already sold, uh, and and they're they're not trying to sell what they've printed. So they, they they get the order, print it, ship it, get another order, print it, and ship it. Rather than printing some some product, some textile, and then trying to sell it, they're doing it the other way around. And that that goes to my point that that I mentioned just a minute ago about minimising stock holdings, minimising waste improving your cash flow situation by freeing up cash, not having it invested in stock that may or may not uh, sell further down the line and you may have to dispose of. So that that on-demand production, we you know we do see that accelerating. It's it's not right across the board, but there are really big, big pockets of uh, producers really uh, waking up to the advantages of, of printing on demand. And you know, that's the short lead times that customers are starting to demand. It's still enabling you to get the highest print quality, which again is critical if you're uh, if you're selling a product to the end customer, and also it gives flexibility to designers. There's nothing designers love more than being able to 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 create something, produce something, and you know change it, tweak it, uh, and, and then come up with something new and, and exciting in a in a very short space of time. So. You know that that on-demand production is definitely facilitating all of those uh, all of those points. Democratizing the whole sector, isn't it? Really, from from mediums, from small scale all the way up to industrial. It's incredible the diversity that we now have in this sector, and all of those new entrepreneurial business models that we're now seeing coming Absolutely. through. It's um, it, it really is so exciting to watch it. Um, Phil. Do you think reshoring of apparel is here to stay? We've we've seen the trend through the crisis. Do you think it's it's going to stand the test of time?
Well, obviously, the UK used to be the centre of the world's textile industry, if we go back far enough, and we still have incredible creative community based based in uh, in the UK and Ireland. So I think from from that point of view, we have the the the, the necessary um, resources in our armory to to keep production local to to make that reshoring uh, a permanent thing. But it's not just about the the resources we have in the UK and the creative minds. We've got a lot of factors that that we believe will will, will actually lock that into the UK for some time. And you know some of those are, are, are pretty obvious, I suppose. COVID is a is one of those big factors where uh, manufacturers of all shapes and sizes and all different industries have realised that that long logistics uh, chains are, are really not sustainable for the future. If you get you know if we get another situation like we've had with COVID, even at a much lower level, it, it will compromise those uh, those long logistics chains. Uh, if we get another situation like the Suez Canal, for instance, and you know, b- by the way, we were affected by that at Epsom, and that boat is still sitting in uh, in the canal waiting to be released. So, so that that is still having an ongoing impact uh, weeks or months after the uh, the actual first incident. So, so so COVID has definitely uh, reinforced the the need to produce uh, locally and and keep that reshoring. If we look at our own unique situation in the UK of Brexit, which uh, uh, you know came along at exactly the same time, you couldn't have you couldn't have made it up, could you? Of uh, a perfect storm to to make things difficult for for people importing goods. So uh, e- even if the, the 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 barriers to to trade are, are sorted out and it becomes uh, freer and easier again, which at the moment is not is not for everybody, there is likely to be increased costs and. Clearly, clearly, one thing that the industry doesn't want to do is 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 put more cost into production and then have to either take lower profits or pass that uh, and or pass it on to the consumer, so to the customer. So, so Brexit uh, will also, we think, uh, further further ensure that the reshoring uh, stays with us. And you know, you've already mentioned, Debbie. There's a lot of uh, smaller independent brands that are that sprung up. They're very flexible. They can. They can pivot and, and maneuver themselves very quickly, and uh, digital technology allows them allows them to do that. So, if you've got all of this um, this technology at your fingertips, you've got the creative minds, the designers uh, in the UK. You know, we, we've we've got a fantastic uh, fashion industry from that point of view. Uh, you, if you lay on top of that, the the expectation from customers now of much shorter lead times that uh, that are becoming standard, um, and then critically, you've got the global brands um, leveraging the digital technology and realizing that because it is digital, you can actually print locally but still control the consistency of the of the quality. So, regardless of whether you print something in South Africa or you print it in London, you end up with the same result if you follow the right uh, the, the, the 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 right quality control. So, so that really does enable the even the bigger global brands to to produce locally, uh, producing where they're going to sell the product, and that's good for the UK industry. It's also good for the planet because we're we're moving a lot less finished stock around and we're likely to create a, a, a lot less waste. So for all of those really good reasons, uh, I do believe that 
that uh, the reshoring that we're seeing will accelerate further and we'll see uh, as digital technology is adopted more and more by by the smaller producers but also the bigger global brands that uh, that we've got a we've got a great f- a future for the textile industry on these shores. It's fantastic, isn't it? It really is. It's amazing to see all of this convergence of technology come to this pivotal pivotal point, really, um, that just unlocks so many, many new opportunities for, for people at all different levels and different lan- parts of the landscape of textiles. Phil, which areas of the marketplace do you think present the most exciting opportunities for the digital textile printer? Everywhere. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I... I, I... Yeah, I mean, it's really the, the limit is 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 the imagination of, of of the people in the industry, and I've already I've already alluded yeah. to the fact that the you know we have some fantastic creatives in this country. They're 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 absolutely leading the, the world. So anything anything that you can um, design that that, that colours that you can create, all of that is now easy to reproduce, cost effective to reproduce on on digital technology. So. It, it, it really is down to the creatives, the innovators to, to come up with new ideas and just exploit every possible uh, opportunity that there is out there. I, I, you know, I truly believe we've only really scratched the surface at the moment with everything that's happening. But we are, as a, you know, I've already said, we are seeing this personalization and customization uh, right across the board, uh, really, really driving home since uh, since the pandemic pandemic began. So. That's really where the opportunity is. I would say that the, the, the key to maximizing your return on it, though, is the uh, service level. That's really where where companies, producers are going to score and be able to offer that, that personal service, high quality service to their end customers. That's what will generate the loyalty and that's what will ensure that you have uh, a sustainable business going forward. But, uh, but I think, uh, yeah, the, the opportunity is really limited just by your imagination and by your own business model isn't it really i guess and you the legacy that you move forward you know you touched on it before the entrepreneur doesn't have um the baggage of a traditional textile plant etc etc moving forward so it's just so 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 exciting right now it really is um phil just wanted to the, the last question actually do you think decor and apparel offers the wide format sector a new space for convergence yeah d- definitely the the wide format sector has always been very, uh, very flexible. Again, you know, very creative, very innovative, and digital again has been the, the, uh, the, 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 the uh, instigator of that or, or the facilitator of that flexibility. So, if you if you are a designer, if you've got design skills, if you can understand color management, uh, and you're used to working under pressure and working under customer demands, then Printing onto textile is is just another step that that you can take. Now, there's obviously different levels uh, and different uh, ways to get into that. I mean, for example, Epsom has a, a a vast range of technology, starting from our little baby A4 dye sublimation printer at 400 pound, which will will get you into uh, small scale uh, dye sublimation printing, sampling that kind of thing, right the way up to to the uh, full-scale Mona Lisa production units at you know half a million pound. If you're really at the serious business end of 
printing printing textiles in in big volumes. So there's lots of lots of steps in between, lots of different ink sets, lots of different types of technology that 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 you can look at and invest in and and help you make that step. But if you're if you're not in the textile business, then you know convergence uh, of of uh, uh, apparel and, and decor is is definitely starting to happen. Um, sometimes it's, it's better to stay a specialist in a particular area. But if you're a small business and uh, you know you've got a an existing customer base that's looking for you to fulfil all the, all of their branding opportunities, then stepping into that textile uh, arena is is relatively easy to do. With with a you know low investment and not an additional amount of skills to add on to it. One caveat I would say though is the area that I think we are lacking in the UK is the finishing side of things. You know, it's relatively easy now with the digital technology to print onto almost anything, but can you then finish that into into something that is saleable? And I think that's definitely where there is a skills gap and and will will mean a lot of the textile industry will stay. Uh, in within the remat of specialist producers because of that that difficulty it's not so much the print side but it's the finishing side that will will be the restrictor on that but you know with decor for instance the finishing typically is a lot can be a lot simpler a lot easier to to uh to accommodate in, a, in an existing business so for instance on our on our signage side of the business we're seeing a lot of a lot of uh Companies that were historically in signage and vehicle graphics, they're moving into bespoke decor to to decorate uh, their customers' offices uh, and, and also, you know, uh, homes as well with uh, with textiles, with wallpapers, uh, that kind of thing. So again, we've seen it over the last decade or so. Or so digital technology breaks those barriers down, and it is really that knowledge of designing, working with with uh, big color files, color management. And then the finishing, as I say, which are the which are the key points. If you can master all of that, then really the the world is your uh, is your oyster. It most certainly is, isn't it? Yeah, it really, really is. Phil, thank you so much for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you. Thank you for sharing your insights and your experience. Um, it really is. It's, a, it's just so great to hear about all of the new opportunities that our industry now has, as you say, at the fingertips with the right technology at the right time and with all of these catalysts that have just absolutely push the agenda forward so much. Um, thank you to thank you to Phil, thank you to our guests, thank you to everyone for listening. And that's all for today. Phil, thank you so much. We could have chatted for a lot, lot, lot longer. We kind of got to just around 20 minutes. That's Thanks, great. Abby. So thank you everybody for listening. It's been a pleasure. Good, good to speak to you. Thank, thank you, you very much, Phil.